Broadcasting live from the KVXL studios at Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. The Frittle Show with Crystal Heath. I've said that we must be cautious in claiming God is on our side. I think the real question we must answer is, are we on his side? Faith, family, freedom. For me, it's very simple. I think we've got to, we've got to get the country back on the right track with the most inspiring agenda. A voice in the desert. Now, here's Crystal Heath. And hello, Las Vegas. You're listening to KVXL LP 101.1 FM, Experience Liberty Radio. It is our 100th episode here on KVXL. And to celebrate, we're going to be giving away all kinds of stuff. We might even give away one of my books, and maybe I'll sign it for you. But uh, for now, because it's special day, we have a very special person. Sean Hannity is on the line. Sean, how are you doing? Hey, Fritto, what's going on? Congratulations on your 100th show. Hey, thank you. That means a lot coming from you. You're at, like, what, like um, 50,000 shows plus now? <laughs> you know, I've never actually even attempted to add them up about what it would be. I wouldn't know for sure, but... Uh... Uh, my first time on the radio was 1987. You probably weren't even born. No, I was three years and, old. Thank you very much. Oh, okay. And uh, let's see. Yeah, I mean, I'm, uh, it's been a long time. Let's put it that way. Coming <laughs> up on 30 years. Wow. That, yeah, that is a long That's time. That's kind of scary, right? That That is because, you know, I'm 31, so. Um... You know, but the thing is, I don't know what it would be like to not do radio. Sure. every day mm-hmm. it's that it's that thing a part of my dna and a lot of people think that radio is easy it's not as easy as you think and there's a lot of work that goes in behind the scenes but i don't know what happened it was the first time i got behind the microphone i knew what i wanted to do i knew i wanted to do this and i, I went out and you know pursued it with a vengeance was fired pretty early on from a college radio station which i probably deserved because i was terrible <laughs> um, and so that's why I was fired more for political reasons, but that's a different story. And then I put an ad in a trade paper using those articles that were written about what a horrible person I am to uh, to get hired in Huntsville, Alabama over a telephone. And I packed everything I owned in the back of a van, sight unseen, and I drove to Huntsville, Alabama with a New York accent. And uh, I had two great years there. It was fun. I never realized that I had a Pennsylvania accent until I ended up on the radio in Las Vegas, and then people are like, you sound like you're from Pennsylvania. Like, I, what? I didn't know Pennsylvania really had an accent. Philly does. Yeah, I'm Philly not sure does. about Pennsylvania. Yeah, I... Well, New York has a lot of... You know, it was funny, because everyone would say, Sean, how you doing, man? Welcome to Huntsville. I'd be like, how you doing? Good to talk to you. <laughs> and I didn't realize at that time how thick it is. I have tapes of it that I'll never release. Mm. But I do have tapes of my early days on radio, and it is so bad. I, I one time played one for my son, and my son was—he he goes, "Dad, that's so embarrassing. That's so <laughs> horrible." Well, you can't even tell now. Every once in a while, you get—it's. It comes out when I'm tired a little bit, and also I'm back in New York. Being back in New York doesn't help. Mm. There's, that's that is like I hear it if you play. Ever listen to Linda, who's yeah. my producer, and I put her on the air. But let's talk about it. I, what are you talking about? I have an accent. I don't have an accent. <laughs> it's pretty funny. But I actually like accents around the country, and they're very, very different. And um, I don't know. I think it shows a special uniqueness of, of where people are. And yeah. um, I don't know. I like it. Yeah. So, you know, 
we could keep talking about accents, and that's fun. But obviously, I know I, what you want to talk about. You want to talk about the election because anytime I ever hear from you is about uh, how one of your favorite people isn't winning enough. <laughs> Okay, so we'll start there. We'll start with politics, but we can't take up the whole segment, Sean, because you're actually a very interesting person outside of politics, and I'm not sure people know oh, boy. how well, humble. Like, you want to know the truth? That's yeah. not true. No, it is true. In my private life, I am a very boring, dull person. Okay, all right. I will I really rephrase. Am. I will rephrase. Maybe not interesting, but nice, humble, have a lot of wisdom related to things other than politics. Is that better? You like that better? Yeah, uh, I you know I like to offer advice. Yeah. I'm yeah. Good at that. No. You, yeah. You do. I've never you been do. shy. <laughs> okay. So yeah, but you're right. You know, we didn't see eye to eye during the primary. We still don't see eye to eye about everything political. We probably never have, and we probably never yeah, but, will. But you, but you say that is, you know, without endorsing anybody. That you, I know you don't endorse on your on your station. Sure. But you, you you like Senator Ted Cruz. I did like Senator you Ted say Cruz. That you say that as if I don't like him, and I do no, no. like him. No, I'm, no. I'm saying as, a, as overall concepts, there are things that we have disagreed about, and I'm not going to hash them out necessarily on air. No, you, don't, you, you don't like Donald Trump. Okay. That's, and and well, I, I do not dislike Donald Trump. I don't. I actually understand. Okay. All right. All right. So you're going to make like us go Donald there. Trump, all right. I'm, I'm going to be... I don't. I don't like dislike Donald Trump. We we had a bet one time about The Apprentice. I loved watching Donald Trump on The Apprentice. I like many other people have some concerns about his background, and we've had this conversation before. Um, But you know, the thing that I like about the conversations that you and I have been able to have, even though we haven't always seen eye to eye, is that we can have a civil conversation. Most, I mean, mostly civil, but. Outside, like you're on social media, I'm on social media. It has amazed me this time around how absolutely vile and bitter people are to each other. Like, not even necessarily the candidates. But Listen, I, think, I think you better get used to that. I think that is now the future in elections. I don't think it's ever going to change or ever going to get better. Yeah. I think that is, that's going to be par for the course. Look, yeah. But aren't you making no it, such... is, but do people make it harder for their candidate to win? when they're uncivil like this? I mean, isn't it better to say, hey, I'm going to need your help down the road, so let's have a conversation about issues? Or have we just moved past well, that as a culture? I, I we can't people be actually there enjoy, I think people, especially on social media, let's take Twitter, for example, is they're actually freer to say things that they really want to say, that they're really thinking, and they're not as likely to get in trouble for saying it. Sure. In other words, you can go into Twitter and create any account you want. You can put it under any right. any name you want, and you can go out there and you can start bomb throwing. It could be a side of your personality that if you say such things in the workforce or at school, it's going to get you fired. Mm-hmm. So I think people enjoy the freedom of being able to unload uh, in an uninhibited way. And frankly, I I don't find any I don't have any problems with that. Words don't hurt people. It, to, to, a, to a very large extent, you know, throughout this long period of my career, I have been called every single name in the book. And I'll be honest, I, I, it doesn't really, in the slightest way, phase me. Sure. And sometimes I'll go on Twitter and I'll start, you know, firing back at some of the people that take shots at me for fun. And for me, it's really totally about fun. Or maybe I want to explain myself and somebody is accusing me of something that I know isn't true. And 
and people will write me and say, oh, please, you know, don't listen to that person. Oh, my gosh, this is horrible. I feel bad for you. I'm like, I don't feel bad for me. I've been going through this my entire career. I kind of like the idea that people could unload on me. That's, that's pretty cool. Or if you want to unload on, your, on the government and how it's failed, I think that's pretty cool, too. Mm-hmm. But the, the thing that I think you're missing, and remember, I spent a lot of time with all of these candidates, and I've listened to all of these candidates. If Donald Trump does what he says he's going to do, and I have no reason to doubt that he's sincere about building the wall, repealing Obamacare, uh, getting our budget in balance, um, all of the bringing education back to the states, changing and altering the culture at our Defense Department and building up our military and taking care of vets, you know, I would think as a conservative that those things are things that you would like, all of which Hillary Clinton will never do. So there's no such thing as a perfect person. There's no such thing as a perfect candidate. Um, For all the people that supported Ted Cruz, I admire their passion. I admire the fact that they became informed. But nobody... Nobody has a crystal ball. We can't look and say, oh, Ted Cruz would win a general election. Oh, Donald Trump can't win a general election. Nobody knows. I actually I, I, know people, I actually do have a crystal ball, Sean. I have a ball, and I wrote crystal on it. It's, um, it's mine. Is that supposed to be a joke? I'm kidding. Very funny. <laughs> no, but, I, but you hit the nail on the head, though, with what, what you started there. You said if Donald Trump does what he says he is going to do, and I think well, that's that, where— but that, but, but but but, but, but the if goes to okay. the, but the if goes to Ted Cruz, the if goes to to Jeb Bush, the if goes to John Kasich, the if goes to Marco Rubio. So, but here's the thing: um, once upon a time, a very wise radio host told me not to let the guests take control of the interview. So, I wonder who that was. I, I can't. I don't know. I don't remember. I forgot. But. Um, the problem is, though, I think that, you know, you have those people that will say, I don't like Donald Trump's personality. I don't like the way he presents himself. I don't think he's fit to be president. And they're just not going to vote for him no matter what. But then I think you have another group of people that's willing to consider him, but they don't trust him. They don't believe what he's saying. What he's saying they think is great, but because of some things in his past, they don't believe him. How does he? I think he has to get past that to win that block of people over. How does he start building that believability. You know, well, I'll give you an example. He gave he gave a very extensive foreign policy speech where if you haven't seen it, I would urge you to go to YouTube and take a look at it. And I think he laid out in a lot of detail where he stands on foreign policy that made a lot of sense to me. I am so disgusted that we send young men and women into conflict, into battle. They do their job. Some lose their lives. Some lose their limbs. And we only then then we politicize these wars and give back all of the gains that they made in the, that their country asked them to do. Mosul, Tikrit, Ramadi, Fallujah, recent examples. Vietnam, an older example. Unfortunately, every war is now being politicized. We can't do that anymore. It's not fair to the men and women. Uh, in the military to keep doing this to them over and over again. I mean, do you have any doubt that Donald Trump is going to build a wall? Do you have to have any doubt that Donald Trump is going to be better at creating jobs? Do you have any doubt that he's going to be better than Hillary Clinton uh, on energy independence issues? I mean, I'm not sure where all your doubt is coming from. The the only thing that that comes into play is that does he have a Congress that's going to play ball with him? And, you know, if not, 
what's the best deal he's going to be able to negotiate. That's what it's going to come down to. But America is in a rapid decline. You know what? I'm now 54 years old. I'm getting old. Yes. It's your generation. It's my kids' generation. If they ever have kids, it's my grandkids' generation that are going to pay a very dear price for allowing America into this precipitous decline. Hillary Clinton, to me, is a third term of Obama. The last eight years have been a disaster. Millions more in poverty, millions more in food stamps. We have a president that accumulated more debt than every president before him combined. Uh, Add to that a horrible foreign policy. ISIS has been able to grow and expand its, its terror network. With the financial backing, when they when they got the oil fields in Iraq, add to that uh, the Iranian mullahs, the, the number one state sponsor of terror, getting 150 billion dollars, spinning its centrifuges, and defying the world in terms of nuclear inspection. And the president gives them 24 days notice before an inspection. It's absolutely insane. So we better get somebody that's strong and capable, not perfect. Nobody's perfect. Uh, strong and capable. And, and somebody that has a heavy dose of common sense to to start to repair the damage. No, and, and I agree. So here's the, and here's the thing. Everybody, you know, all the controversies that Donald Trump created, everybody discussed them. Everybody debated them. Everybody knew about them. There's been more attention paid to this election than any election in my lifetime. And there's this feeling that, oh, people didn't know. That's baloney. People made an assessment, and their assessment was that Republicans in Congress, and every exit poll would bear this out, that they betrayed the American people. They broke their word. They broke their promise. They never used their constitutional authority of the purse. They, you know, they never repealed Obamacare. They never stopped executive amnesty. They never got the job done. And as a result, people said they're fed up with them. And then they look at a successful business guy that did the woman ring story, you know that whole story, and did a lot of other successful things and put people to work and built big buildings and built an empire. And they're thinking, okay, this guy makes decisions. Maybe he'll fight for us because he seems to be willing to fight every competitor he has and and win. And I think people like it. Oh, no doubt people like it. I mean, he's the presumptive nominee, and I don't think that anyone Except would argue that he, Except for you. That he is you the, you're not voting. That he is, I never said I'm not voting. I will always vote. Um, so you're voting for Trump? I'm not allowed to say who I'm voting for on the radio, and I think that there are conservatives that are going to have conscientious objections to him, and I will never encourage someone to violate their conscience to vote for I'm someone not, or I'm against someone. I'm not asking people to violate their conscience. No, I know you're not. I know question, you're not, but I'm saying... Bigger, there's the another perspective. Has to be to me. Well, I mean, look, all have sinned and fallen short. That's very and I true. Start with me. Okay. Yes, so sir. So there is no perfect person. No, there is sir. no perfect candidate. But I'll say this: just compare his vision to Hillary's vision, and you have to ask yourself the question: which vision do you more closely align yourself with? Which vision is likely to do more good than damage to the country? That's well, a question. That is that's a great question. And I think that as you said that What's people weren't uh, people weren't bamboozled into voting for Trump in the primary, I think that the same can be true of those who will say 
What do you mean bamboozled? Who I mean, bamboozled anybody? That's what I said. They weren't. I'm agreeing with you. Oh, they okay. weren't bamboozled into voting for him in the primary. Okay. But, and I don't think that people were dumb that voted for Trump. But I also don't think that people are being dumb that have concerns about either him or Hillary. I think that everyone needs to go through and make their own individual decision. I, I agree yeah, with you but, on they that. Better, they, but I think they need to understand how, what the stakes are here. I don't. I don't. But I, but that's the thing, Sean. I don't think that people don't know the stakes. Just like they knew the stakes in the primary, I think that people are well, very aware you now of make, the stakes. As you now make the transition to a general election matchup that seems to be Trump versus Hillary, mm-hmm. I think now you 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 have to assess very closely what their different plans are. Look, there's a lot of time between now and November. It'll go fast, but it's still a lot of time, and a lot can happen. And she might even be in an orange jumpsuit and have shoes without laces in them. And I'll tell you what, if Bernie Sanders, if the self-proclaimed socialist is on the ballot, I think you will see uh, you'll see a lot of people suddenly uh, doubts that they have about other candidates will vanish very quickly. So there's no difference between Hillary and Bernie. Well, you know, I, I. I disagree. And again, we, we disagree about some things, and that's okay. We're allowed to because it's America. Isn't that great how well, we made America great again? The, de- <laughs> the, the, the Democratic Party is now a hard left socialist party. You know, the, remember the old blue dog Democrats, um, guys like Zell Miller, he was once a Democrat, or, you know, Scoop Jackson. Those days are over, they're gone. The Democratic Party has been co-opted by the hard left. It is a socialist left-wing party, a redistributionist party, a statist party. Uh, you know, that, I mean, it's just a fact at this point. I don't think you can name many moderate or conservative Democrats. They don't exist. It's a non-existent species at this point. So essentially you're saying that the Democratic Party has been hijacked, and I would agree with that for the most part, but I think that that's also, again, what you can apply on the other side, that people are saying my party's been hijacked, they don't represent me anymore. So, you know, and whether that be people that support Donald Trump or people that didn't support Donald Trump, I think that's across the board, that's why we have Donald Trump as the nominee, because that's what happened. You know, if you were on the ballot, my job and this November would just be that much easier. So... Let's pose it to you this way. If you're president come January 2017, you can only accomplish one thing during your first term. What is it? Well, that's a tough question. I'd have to to ask for two things. Okay, two things. You can have two things. Because everything revolves around peace and prosperity. Sure. The two things that I would do is I would make America so militarily strong that we would be capable of of any threat that anybody could ever divide. That includes securing the border. That includes building up our military. That would include taking care of American veterans and repairing old planes and modernizing our military, which has been in a rapid decline. And the second thing you've got to do is fix the economy. And that would include living within your means, balancing a budget. I like the penny plan to get us there. I would all, that also includes becoming energy independent. There'll be millions of jobs created in the, in the energy industry, and that would include lower taxes. I was reading an article today. I'm not a Prince fan. You know that one half of his estate, more than one half, goes to the government. That's insane. And why does the government? You know, here you you live your whole life, you pay money, you pay taxes every year, and then the government comes in when you die, and you've got to pay them for dying. 
half of what you've saved, the little bit you've been able to save. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So those are the two things. I mean, peace and prosperity. Look, when you have so many Americans out of work, when you have one in five American families that don't have a single family member working, and millions of people in poverty and on food stamps, you've got to do something to get job creation going. And I think the single best thing we can do is lower taxes for businesses, get that money that is overseas that these multinational corporations have parked over there that won't bring that money back because of the high rate of taxation, give them a one-time low bring-your-money-back tax of 3%, and then this way they'll build manufacturing centers and factories here in the U.S. You know, we can put certain stipulations that they've got to spend X number of dollars investing in in some type of business here. Let them bring – we have trillions of dollars overseas parked by these companies, and they're scared to death to bring it back because the government's going to steal it all. Yeah. I mean, it's pathetic, and all it does is impede the, the type of growth and job creation we need. So there's, there's certain things that we can do that I think would have an immediate impact on the economy. We get a lot of these people that are out of work back into the workforce, lower the number of people in poverty and food stamps, get the engine of the, con- of the economy turning again. Energy is a big part of that. And, uh, and keeping bureaucracy and, and regulation and taxes low certainly is going to help a lot. See, once you run for president, then I'm going to have to find another station because I'm going to have to be able to endorse someone. I'm I'm too flawed. There you go. You keep talking about flawed candidates. I'm too flawed. Okay, so we did politics. I know you have your like you actually have a radio show that you have to prep for at some point. But can I ask you two non-political questions? Do you have time still? Two non-political questions. Go. All right. What are the key things in your life that made you successful? I don't know. You, why do you always put a number on it? Because there's not. I didn't put a number. I said I key things. I, 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 I didn't say three, ten, fifty. Just some. Uh, however, no, how many I'll things you, you want. I'll tell you the things that I think have most impacted my life. Okay. Number one, um, my family and their work ethic and and good values that they instilled on me, and and that impacted me a lot. The fact that from the time I was eight years old, I delivered papers. At 12, I washed dishes. At 13, I was a cook. At 14, a busboy. At 15, a waiter. At 17, a, a bartender. And paid my way through college as, as much as I could, then dropped out, and then went into construction and saved more money for college, and, and painted houses and hung wallpaper and framed houses, did roofing and laid tile, all of those things. But that's two decades of my life. That had a big impact on me because I know what it's like for years and years to struggle to pay rent. The next big thing probably should have been the first thing is, you know, I'm not the most outwardly religious person in the world. Mm -hmm. I'm not so much a churchy person, but I am a Christian, and that belief system has kept me on the straight and narrow. Mm -hmm. Um, The, you know, I like to read the Bible. I I don't go to church as much as I should, but I get from that a lot because I believe it with all my heart and soul. I believe that that is the real deal. And so, you know, I, I've said many times on the air, I don't think fame is normal or healthy for anybody. And I think that's why you see so many famous people so screwed up. But I think those things have kept me grounded. 
my parents' values, my belief in God, hard work, and which gives me perspective to how lucky I am now and fortunate I am now. Awesome. See, I couldn't do it with two things. I had three. I, I didn't put any numbers on it. You put the numbers in there. You started with number one. Okay. And so, you know, and you actually answered the three things. You answered my second question in your first question, so I'm going to change my second question. Uh, well, what was the second question anyway? Was how how do you manage to stay humble? And you pretty well, much answered I didn't it. Consider myself humble. I, just, I know, you know you don't consider yourself humble, and that's okay no. because that helps keep you humble, probably. But. You are like I went to uh, my grandmother. It was in Nanio was in town last week, and we went uh, we went and saw a show. And I won't name it because we're not promoting anything. But you know, it was about uh, some guys that were famous and how they messed up along the way because of that fame. And it's it's hard to find someone that's as accessible and real that's that has is in the spotlight as you are. I've never I've I've met a, a know, few a few I, famous I, I, people, if you will, but well, you're different. I think the I'm I'm still that guy that painted your house. Right. I'm still the guy that would serve you in a restaurant. Um, I don't know. I just I mean I'd love to go to restaurants. I always like to tell the, the waiter and the bartender what I used to do, and uh, and have fun. I don't know. I just real work is real work. I yeah. think there's a reason God wanted us to work six days a week and uh, take off the seventh because it keeps us out of trouble. It, it, or at least it's supposed to. I mean, I try. Um, how's Marley? Yeah, but I think you're... Oh, Marley, my new dog, is very cute. She's, she's a she's a real pistol. Yeah? She's so cute, a lot of fun, and, you know, it's a, a golden, and I can't believe from day one I would throw the ball to go get it, bring it back immediately. Yeah, that's that's like I mean, the whole... I'm, they put retriever on the end of the name there for a reason. Yeah, no, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> Well, Bernice Mountain Dogs used to go get the ball and eat it and stay right where they were yeah. and never bring it back. Yeah. Well, she's very cute. I'm sure her it's and Liberty would be great friends if they were closer, but, you know, you live on the other side of the country, so that doesn't work. Yeah, that's true. Hey, so you stay out of the casinos, I assume, in Vegas, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a good kid. Your I'm voice sure went up. That yeah didn't sound legitimate. <laughs> Okay, all right, fine. You have to walk through the casinos to get to pretty much anything else. I mean, you've been in Vegas. The casinos, people, uh, especially on the East Coast, seem to think that Vegas is just, like, casinos are just casinos for, like, towers upon towers of casinos. They have bowling alleys, movie theaters, restaurants. They have the best food at the cheapest prices. Yeah, free parking. And they, they have great entertainment. And I just don't understand the people that sit there 24 hours a day putting money in a machine and pulling a lever. Right, it's right. It's bizarre to me. I'd get up at 6 in the morning. I'd have to go somewhere, and i go down the casino's pack. Yeah. You know, people are screaming, pay the man, pay the man. You know, you know what breaks my heart is oftentimes a lot of those, a lot, what breaks my heart is a lot of time they're older people. They're they're out there, they're spending their retirement in the yeah, casino, I know. and it just, it's... It's tragic. And especially when the monthly Social Security check comes in, it's busier at the casino. Yep, yep. Um, uh, one last thing before I let you go. I was told to tell you that someone is studying very hard for their test. So, yeah. Yeah, well, somebody better pass or they're in deep trouble. <laughs> All right, Sean. Thank you. We're giving a bunch of stuff away today. You want to give something away? I'll let you uh, give away my book or I something. I can send you some footballs. Send me a note. I'll send you a bunch of footballs you can give out. All right, so, but to, to win footballs... Or just send me one. Just send me one football. We we need a question. We need a trivia question. Then I'll let somebody call in and answer, and they can win the football after I let you go. All right. That's good. 
right. Do you have Thanks a question? Colonel. You have no questions? on your new show. All right. <laughs> you want me to ask? Yeah, you, you ask the question. It's your football. Yeah, what do you want? Yeah, pick anything. You already said how old you are, so that won't work. Uh, let's see. Where was I born? Then uh, Google it. They'll find out in five seconds. Forget it. That's not, that doesn't work. <laughs> What's the name of my other dog? I have another dog. What's my other dog name? All right, there you go. If you know the name of Sean Hannity's other dog, not Marley, the new not little Marley. golden, the other one, give me a the call in one, our next segment, and you can win a Sean Hannity signed football. There you go. Thanks, Sean. I appreciate it. All right, Brittle. Congrats on the show. Bye. Thanks. All right, see ya. Everyone else, you're listening to KVXL LP 101.1 FM. We got to take a break, and we'll be back in just a minute. This is going to be. Uh, this was a song that was requested for our hundredth show. This is Jimmy Needham with "Clear the Stage." Stay tuned. We'll be back in just a second. And welcome back. You're listening to The Frittle Show on KVXL LP 101.1 FM. Our thanks to Sean Hannity. He gave us a lot of time there, and uh, I'm very grateful to him for that. He is seriously the most humble person I have ever met. And I get this question a lot. I get two questions. One, where did The Frittle Show come from? And two, how do you know Sean Hannity? So since our 100th episode, we're giving stuff away. We're just talking about fun stuff today. So I'm going to answer those questions, all right? And Hannity is giving us a autographed football to give away. If you know the answer to the question, what is the name of Sean Hannity's other dog? So he has a little golden retriever puppy. It's brand new. You can go see pictures of her on Twitter. Her name is Marley. He has another dog, a Bernice Mountain dog. If you know the name of that dog, you can give us a call, 702-647-4522. Send us a message on Twitter or Facebook. We're at KBXL Radio. If you know the answer, let us know, and you can win the autograph football. All right? So phone line is open, Facebook and Twitter. I'm watching it right now. First person with the answer wins the Sean Hannity autographed football. Okay, so uh, I got to back things way up. So five, six years, I don't a while ago, I moved to Las Vegas the first time, my first sojourn across the country, and I worked for a gentleman named Sam Schmidt, great boss, great person, Google him, he owns an IndyCar team. Never in my life did I think I would be doing anything related to radio. I mean, I listened to Rush, I grew up listening to Rush, and then uh, ended up listening to Hannity. Um... Wow, the story's so intertwined. I actually got to back up further than when I moved out here. So before I moved out here, a few years before I moved out here, uh, I'd grown up listening to Rush. I'd seen I wa- I would we didn't have uh, cable in my house growing up, so we didn't watch Fox News. But whenever we were on vacation, I would watch Hannity and Combs at the time, and then Hannity on Fox News. And my siblings would try to hide the remote control from me because I was the geeky oldest sibling that wanted to watch the news when they wanted to watch cartoons and things. I mean, I like cartoons, but I wanted to watch Hannity. I really liked. So, um, oh dear. My apologies to those of you that are tuning in at the bottom of the hour to to hear Hannity. He was available at the top of the hour. So he was on earlier, but don't worry. Today is actually the first show that we're podcasting. So you'll be able to catch the podcast of it if you missed it. There'll be a post up on my blog, crystalheath.com. And then also it will, uh, it'll be on again tonight as well on the 405media.com, and then you can catch it at kvxl101.com as well. Anyway, so I get to, where was I? So we would watch Hannity on TV and stuff, but I didn't really, I didn't listen to him on the radio because I grew up listening to Rush, I listened to Rush. And then one day my brother Josh was like, hey, uh, Sean Hannity's doing a Freedom concert at Six Flags in New Jersey, you want to go? And I was like, hey, yeah, sure, that sounds fun, let's go. 
So we went and we're there and we're hanging out, you know, because you get all day at the park is included with your admission to the Freedom Concert, which he did a while back. He would tour around the country with Lee Greenwood and do uh, country music concerts and the proceeds all went to benefit uh, veterans. So we get there and Oliver North was touring with him, Colonel Oliver North, and we saw he was doing a book signing and there was nobody in line for his book signing except like five people because everybody's out riding their rides and we're like, oh, we're going to go meet Oliver North. So... We go over there and we meet Oliver North. He was awesome, cool, and signed our books and stuff. And then we get out of the Oliver North line and then we see this other line of people that was longer, but still not super long. And we're like, oh, I wonder what's happening over there. And we're like, oh, that's Sean Hannity. You guys want to go meet Sean Hannity? We're like, yeah, we'll go meet Sean Hannity. So we get in line to go meet Sean Hannity. We wait in line. We wait our turn. We meet him. The guy acts like he's known you your entire life. Super nice to us. Asks us all about us, where we're from, who we are. He signed my sister's forehead. That was a first for him. He'd never signed a forehead before, so Bethany, congrats on that. And then we're standing there in line, and he's like, you guys thirsty? We're like, what? Yeah, kind of. He stops the dude with the lemonade cart, buys his entire cart. There's only like five lemonades and two bags of popcorn on it. He hands the kid a $100 bill. The whole cart, I think, was worth like maybe half that. Because even in the amusement park, it wasn't worth that much. And the kid looked at him like, what am I, 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 he's like, I don't have change for this. And he's like, I don't want change. He's like, keep the tip, bring me back a full cart. I'm going to buy the whole thing. And the kid just stood there looking at him, incredulous. And he's like, okay, so go fill your cart again, bring it back, and I will buy out the whole thing. And the kid was like, for you? And he's like, no, no, for everybody. Just go get me another cart. (laughs) But it was uh, like, and that was my first interaction in person with Hannity. And I was so impressed, I was converted in that minute because he was just so, he he was n- a normal person. He was like the guy you want to hang out with at a baseball game or at the amusement park or wherever else. He was smart, he was funny, and he cared about you. Right, so then fast forward a few years, I moved to Las Vegas, and I'm, I'm working for Sam Schmidt, and Sam is a quadriplegic, he was in a car a racing accident, a test racing accident in, um, I think in Florida it was, and he's a quadriplegic from that. So what I would do is I would, he would dictate and I would type his emails and we had shared screens. And uh, while sometimes he would stop and wait and think through what he wanted to say. And so I'm just sitting there waiting. Or he would get a phone call and I didn't have anything else to do because we're just in the office waiting to answer emails for part of the morning. So I wouldn't have anything to do. So I'm just sitting there. Sometimes I would bring a book, but then that just got cumbersome because then the book is on the desk and, you know, it wasn't a thing. So I started tweeting a lot. I basically got obsessed with Twitter. So whenever my boss didn't need me, I was sitting there waiting for him. I'd be on Twitter. And it just so happened that at the same time, Sean Hannity developed this Twitter obsession. And we started talking a lot on Twitter. And that's literally how I got to know Sean Hannity was Twitter. And people ask me a lot. They're like, well, how'd you get Sean Hannity on your show? In a few weeks, we're going to have Robert Herjavec on our show. How'd you get a Robert Herjavec on your show? I'll tell you the secret. You ask people. You interact with people. If you have social media, learn how to use it. Okay? You'd be amazed what people are willing to do if you're willing to ask. But you can't be afraid of being rejected because let me clue you in on a secret here. I used to do uh, some advertising sales for another radio station before I moved to Las Vegas. And for every 30 people I would call, one of them would say maybe. It would take about 50 calls before one of them would say yes. And it's the same way with interview requests, right? So what goes on behind the scenes for my show, people are like, oh, that's cool you got that person. That is cool. That's a huge victory. Because it took me 25, 30 asks 
to get that one person that's cool, right? But don't be afraid to ask because eventually you're going to hit that one person. Just ask. And if there's people on social media, especially on Twitter, if you can find people that communicate with their followers on Twitter that actually talk back to them, that's somebody you want to follow and somebody you want to get to know you. The more they can see your name, the more they'll start to recognize you and the better off you'll be. All right, so we've had a couple guesses on our first trivia question. We're looking for Sean Hannity's other dog's name, so not Marley. All right, and the first right response is going to win a Hannity autographed football. Uh, We've had the guesses of Jasper and what, being a trick question. It is not a trick question. His name is not Jasper. All right, so we're still looking for the answer to Sean Hannity's other dog's name. First right response is going to win a Hannity autographed football. So anyway, so I get to know Hannity on Twitter, and then uh, long story short, he ended up flying some of his Twitter followers to New York to meet him. I was very blessed to be one of those people. He took us out for an amazing dinner at Ruth Chris. He got us amazing seats for a Yankees game. The Yankees playing the Red Sox, and the Yankees won. I think we may have even gone into the 10th inning. It was awesome. And he got us like the seats that are right down in front, right along the third baseline. Did you know if you go to Yankee Stadium, this is apparently what people with, if you if you have a lot of money to spend on baseball games, this is what they do. But if you sit in those seats, there is an unlimited, most amazing buffet of your entire life right behind your seats. And it's free the entire game. You can just stay in there and eat the whole time if you want. Or you can go in, get the amazing food and bring it out. Or for free, they'll walk up to you and say, hey, would you like anything from inside? Can I bring that to you? And you're like... Yes, thank you. I will take a goblet of something cool and refreshing of the non-alcoholic variety. Although that's not what most people around us were saying, but that's what we said, or at least what I said. <laughs> so Sean is just awesome. Did you, Here's a fun fact about Sean Hannity for you. He doesn't like people to know this, but I'm going to tell you anyway, because this is the kind of guy that Sean Hannity is, right? When he goes out to eat, he picks up the tab every time. And no matter what the bottom line is, That is what the tip will be. So if he's got a $200 bill, you're going to get a $200 tip. If he's got a $50 bill, you're going to get a $50 tip every time. He said it makes life simple. He doesn't have to calculate anything. But mostly it's because he's a great person and he served in that industry and he wants to recognize those people that are serving him. Very, very cool person. And like, even if you listen to our interview, you know that we don't see eye to eye on everything. But the cool thing is that's okay. And that's something that people seem to be missing. All right? What's missing is that we can disagree and still be friends. We don't have to. And I, and I think he's right. You know, people are just getting more and more bold, especially with social media. They're, they're not restraining what they're saying. But you don't have to be uncivilized. All right? You, you need those people, especially if it's a political thing. You can't call someone a liar one day and the next day be like, you're my best friend, please vote for my candidate. You know, with Hannity, he's used to people calling him names. But if you're just talking to the average person online and saying, your candidate's a liar and you're a liar too, well, mm, no, not going to work. All right, so we have two correct answers. Um, And so I'm going to, I'm pretty sure I can get two footballs from Sean. Um, Duffy was the name of Sean's Bernice Mountain Dog, was his original Bernice Mountain Dog, and Duffy actually passed away just, uh, I think, about a month ago. His current Bernice Mountain Dog, while Duffy 
was getting older, they got another Bernice Mountain Dog puppy named Gracie. So Duffy and Gracie would both be acceptable answers. Congrats to Sarah Kircher and Charity Berkey. Uh, On those, we will get some signed footballs for you. So now that we've given away the signed footballs, let's give away something else. We are going to give away... All right, so this is going to be a kid's question, all right? So if your kids are listening, get them ready. Give us a call. Tweet us, Facebook us, whatever it is you'd like to do. We're going to give away an Answers in Genesis magazine, a Hide Them in Your Heart Steve Green CD, and an Arete Scholars mug. All right, so that's this one. We've got an Answers in Genesis magazine, a Hide Them in Your Heart CD, and an Arete Scholars mug because it's our 100th episode. So we're giving stuff away. I'm going to start giving stuff away rapid fire here. If you know the answer, you can call us or you can tweet us, Facebook ups, first person. But it's a kid's question, all right? Adults, you're not allowed to answer this one. I will only accept submissions from the children's. So it may be easier if they call because they probably don't have social media. In keeping with our 100th episode theme, what is the name of the place where Winnie the Pooh lives? If your kids know the answer to the place where Winnie the Pooh lives, you can give us a call. Tweet us, Facebook us, 702-647-4522, or... Let us know on Facebook or Twitter. We have a caller. Let's put this caller on the line here. Hello, you are on KVXLP. Who's this? I'm Joanna. Hi, Joanna. How are you? Good. You're good? Okay, so do you know the answer to our question? Do you know the name of the place where Winnie the Pooh lives? At his house. At his house? That is a very good Yes, and we are gonna. I'm gonna give you something, but that's not quite the answer we're looking for. So we're gonna go. We're gonna take one more caller here, but I'm gonna get something for you, Joanna. Hang, hang on. All right, hello. You're on the air. Who's this? Trey. Trey, do you know the answer to our question? What's the name of the place where Winnie the Pooh lives? Even the Honey Acre Woods. The Hundred Acre Woods. There we go. See, I gave, I gave you a clue because it's our 100th episode, and Winnie the Pooh lived in the 100-acre woods. Congrats, Trey. You have won an Answers magazine, a cool red Arete Scholars mug, and a Hide em in Your Heart CD. And we'll get that to you, all right? Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for taking part. Okay, let's go back to a question for you adults. We're going to give away and apply the word study Bible from Thomas Nelson. It's a pretty, pretty sweet Bible. We're going to go with an easy question for you adults here. Who was the president 100 years ago? If you know the answer to the question, who was president 100 years ago? By the way, you may have noticed all of our giveaways today have to do with something 100 because it's our 100th episode and we're celebrating, so we're giving away a bunch of stuff. We're giving away a New King James Apply the Word Study Bible from Thomas Nelson. It has maps and graphs and, and, and it's scripture going to give that away if you know the answer to the question who was president 100 years ago you can let us know on facebook or on twitter we're at kvxl radio first person with that answer is going to win our study bible you can also give us a call 702-647-4522 if you know the answer to the question who was president 100 years ago and and google is allowed by the way today google is allowed because we only have 10 more minutes and i have a ton of stuff that i got to give away i don't have to give it away if we don't give it away today oh I'm not sure. Do you have? Are, do we have rules about family members being allowed to win these things? All right, we'll give it to him. My dad is the first one with the right answer. He is correct. Woodrow Wilson was the president 100 years ago. Congrats, Dad! You have won our New King James Version. Apply the word. Oh, he d- you don't want a Bible? I'm getting a text. He doesn't want a Bible. It's like he's he already has a Bible or something. Okay, Dad, we'll we'll get another. Uh, 
I have a book here that I think you would like. Um, the Bridge Builder. I'll give you the book, The Bridge Builder, instead. All right, so the Bible is still up for grabs. We are going to change the question for the Bible. Um, let's go. Well, okay, we'll go to another kid's question, all right? This is only for the children's. But if you already won, you can't win twice, so it has to be a different kid. Here's the question. Which Disney princess in the original story about this Disney princess slept for 100 years? Which Disney princess slept for 100 years? All right, so the only person that cannot answer this question right now is Mr. Trey Berkey. But if there's any other kids out there that know... Oh, oh wow, you guys can hear my phone ringing. Look at that. All right, you are on the line. Who is this, Joanna? Again, I feel like this is Joanna again, and she might know the answer to this question. Sleeping Beauty. Sleeping Beauty. That's right. Congratulations, Joanna. You won our cool Bible. How about, Thank you. You're welcome. Sleeping Beauty is the Disney princess who slept for 100 years. Okay, let's give away. I'm going to give away two CDs now. We're going to give away uh, "Guide Me" from Dana Everson and "A Quiet Heart." And the question is this. More than 100 live tarantulas were used in the filming of what movie? I'll give you a clue. It has Harrison Ford in it. Dun, 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 dun. What movie used more than 100 live tarantulas? Oh, okay. All right. This is getting, this is getting out of hand. Not all of my winners are supposed to be from the same relative group. Like it's it's supposed to expand out of the tribe. But okay, did you have a did you have a, a guess, Miss Hope? Hello. Hello. I would like to guess Indiana Jones. Okay, Indiana Jones is not the name of a movie. You have to be more specific. The one where he pulls the the heart out of the guy. Okay, you have to have a title. And sadly, no, you are incorrect. But I'm so I'm going to have to hang up. I'm sorry, Hope. All right, we've All got right. oh another. Okay, remember, guys, you're only no. you're only allowed to win once. Okay, <laughs> do you have a guess for 100 Live Tarantulas? What uh, what movie were they used in? Um, my guess is Indiana Jones. All right, so here's the thing: Indiana Jones is not the name of a movie. It is an Indiana Jones movie, but what is the oh, name of the okay. movie? The name of the movie would be Indiana Jones and the Lost Ark and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. There you go. Very good. More than 100 live tarantulas were used. All right. So uh, let's see. What's next? So that's the CDs. I'm going to give away. A, oh, we got somebody else on the line. All right. Well, here's what I'm going to do. Let me ask a question first and then you can answer it. Okay. I need... The first person that calls in to read me a Bible verse that uses the term 100 in it, okay? You need to find me a Bible verse that has 100, all right? The Berkeys are now completely disqualified because you've won multiple times now, even though it's different people. I'm sorry, guys. I'm making up the rules as I go along. That's how my show works sometimes. But if you can find me, find me a Bible verse. This is for adults and kids. Find me a Bible verse that has 100 in it. We're going to give you... Two books. We're going to give you Unshackled, Stories of Love and Hope, and a novel, Counted with the Stars, Out from Egypt. That's if you can tell me, call in, or or Facebook or Twitter, KVXL Radio, find me a Bible verse that has the term 100 in it. 
You guys are good guessers, though. I'm impressed with how, how competitive this became very quickly. Bible verse with the term 100 in it. You know, the book Unshackled and Counted with the Stars. So, okay, no, a chapter. Chapters don't count. You can't say Psalm 100. No, that, mm-mm. A Bible verse, okay, that uses the term 100. So, how did I get to be the Friddle? Let me explain that one, because that's the other big question that I get asked a lot about my show. So, I have six younger siblings. Growing up, my siblings weren't great at pronouncing crystal. So, some of them would say criddle, some of them would say fristal, or some variation thereof. And eventually, it all just kind of morphed together to where most of them now call me friddle. Oh, we have a caller. Let's see if you have an answer for us. Gina, do you have a Bible verse that has 100 in it? Hey, yes, Matthew eighteen twelve. How do you think if a man have a hundred sheep and one of them have gone astray, does he not leave the ninety-nine and go into the mountains and seeketh that which has gone astray? Excellent. Great job. I actually didn't think of that one. Thank you. Good job, Gina. You have won <laughs> Unshackled and Counted with the Stars, and we will get Yay. that to you as well. So we're going to do one more giveaway at the end of our show. So don't go away. In just a couple minutes, I'm going to do one last giveaway. I'm going to give away a signed copy of my book, God and Government. That will be our grand finale. We started out with a Sean Hannity autographed football. That's already gone. We're going to end with a signed copy of my book. Not quite as cool, but you know, it's like a conciliatory prize. So my siblings couldn't pronounce my name, and eventually it just became the nickname was like Frittle. Right, So I'm on Twitter. I am uh, interacting with different people on Twitter using my real name. My Twitter handle used to be at Crystal Heath. In fact, I, I still actually own at Crystal Heath. I just don't tweet from it, and I locked it down and made it private because back in the day when uh, when I was, believe it or not, once upon a time more active on Twitter than I am right now, some of us started getting uh, very nasty interactions on Twitter to the extent that people that didn't like us on Twitter were looking up our addresses, our families, our phone numbers, things like this, and started to harass some of some people on, on in my Twitter sphere, if you will. So we were advised by some very wise social media people to change our Twitter handles. Well, I had my name. I didn't want to change my name. But that's what we're supposed to do. So I was like, all right, what should I change my name to? And it was actually Sean Hannity who was like, you're Frittle. Change your handle to the Frittle. I was like, okay. So then, because, you know, if if Sean Hannity suggests something, and as he mentioned during his interview, he likes to give advice. And he's not kidding about that. If you ever meet him, ask his advice about anything, and he will have a lot of advice for you. And he gives good advice. He really does. So it's not like something you can't trust. Although he really likes to, um, if you're single, he really likes to pair you up with people. So just beware of that when you go in asking for advice. He used to have a segment on his show called The Love Doctor. Okay? We'll just leave it there. So, and and it was to, to set people up, by the way. We'll just, it was clean. Anyway. So then I started a podcast a few years ago. Some friends of mine moved from Pennsylvania. I'm from Pennsylvania. Some friends of mine moved from Pennsylvania out of state. And they were like, hey, we miss, uh, we miss hearing your thoughts about politics and stuff. Why don't you start a podcast? And I said, why am I going to start a podcast? No one's going to listen to me if I start a podcast. What am I going to say? Fun fact, when I was a child, I did not speak. Okay? I didn't like talking. Hence, one of the reasons that I never would have anticipated myself being on the radio. Ever. <laughs> 
but they're like, we miss hearing your your thoughts. So I was like, oh, all right. And I really like these people. So I said, okay, for you, I'll start a podcast, but I'm just going to do once a week. It's going to be 15 minutes and that's it. And they're like, okay, yeah, that's great. So I did. Two months later, I get a, I get a, a message from this guy named John Grant at the 405media.com. Okay. And he's like, we'd like to play your podcast on our station. Would that be okay with you? And I was like, yeah. You could play my podcast on your station. That'd be awesome. And so they started playing my podcast. A couple weeks later, they're like, hey, your podcast does, does, does well. Would you like to host a live show once a week? And I was like, once a week? Um, for how long? And they're like, an hour. I was like, an hour? You want me to talk for an hour? How am I going to talk for an hour? What am I going to... And he's like, no, you can do it. I was like, oh, all right. So I started doing an hour show. That turned into two hours a week, which eventually became three hours a week. Long story short, once upon a time, this guy named Pastor Matt sends me a message on Facebook and says, hey, can I get your phone number? I have a question I want to call and ask you. And Pastor Matt was my pastor when I was here in Las Vegas, and I liked him, and I was like, yeah, sure. He probably wants to know something about politics, because at the time I was working in politics, or maybe he wants to be on my show for some reason. That's fine. Always looking for guests. No, he calls me and he says, hey, Crystal, how do you like, how, how do you like doing radio? And I was like, I love doing radio. Wish I could do it more, but, you know, I have a real job, and it's just a hobby. And he's like, okay, great, because we're starting a radio station. Why don't you come run our radio station and live the dream with us out here in Las Vegas? And I was like, whoa. And that's how I ended up in Las Vegas. How it became the Frittle Show, my podcast, when it began, was called Freedom's Edge. And for our, uh, I think it was our 50th episode, possibly, on Freedom's Edge, I had this guy named Sean Hannity that came on as my guest, and he was like, what is the name of your show? And I said, Freedom's Edge. And he said, no, no, the name of your show is the Frittle Show. Okay, you are the Frittle. Brand your show with the Frittle. And once again, when Sean Hannity gives you advice, especially if it's radio re- advice and you're in the radio sphere and he's like a radio guru, you take his advice. So, it became the Frittle Show. And here we are today. All right, last question. If you know the answer to this question, I'm sorry for those of you who haven't been able to get through on the phone, uh, 702 Two, two, but you can also let us know on Facebook or Twitter if you have an answer to the question, or you can let me know if you have my contact information. You can contact me directly on my cell or my Facebook or my Twitter. Um, all right, so last giveaway is going to be an autographed copy of my book, God and Government. And the question is What city in the United States has the most days in a year over 100? degrees. What city in the United States has the most days of the year over 100 degrees? If you know the answer to that question, let us know on Facebook, Twitter, give us a call, and you will win an autographed copy of my book, God and Government. Today's programming has been brought to you by Krispy Kreme Donuts Fundraising Opportunities. Krispy Kreme fundraisers are available year-round. They can take place over one to two days or one to two weeks. If your educational, religious, community, or charitable cause is looking for a fun way to meet your financial goals, Krispy Kreme can help. Krispy Kreme provides free fundraising materials for your use. You can visit KrispyKreme.com slash fundraising or your local Krispy Kreme to learn more. Our thanks to Krispy Kreme for their support of KVXL programming. All right, so we have an answer. That was a, that was a pretty easy question. Congrats to Kim Fox. You're going to get an autographed copy of my book, God and Government. The answer to what city in the United States has the most days over 100 degrees in a year? The answer is Phoenix. Sorry to those of you that, that missed out on today's trivia. We're going to do more. Uh, let me know if you want to do more 
rapid-fire giveaways in the future rather than just our our once-a-week giveaway. By the way, if you listen on Fridays, Fridays are more like today's show every Friday. Now, we don't give a, we give away one thing, and we just do fun stories. We don't do, uh, we don't do news so much. We don't talk about politics. We talk about uh, good news stories, random stuff. We have fun. We do trivia. We give something away every Friday. If you'd like more rapid-fire, more interactive-type uh, shows, let us know. We're always looking for suggestions. Try to incorporate as much uh, of your feedback as possible. Again, you can reach us at 702-647-4522 and you can find us online at kvxl101.com. You can listen 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days of the year. You can't listen to me 365 days of the year because I'm only on Monday through Friday. But you can listen to other awesome people. Like on Saturday morning, Saturday morning is our kids' time. We have this awesome program called Lamplighter Theater. It's it's fantastic. If you've never listened to it, you need to listen to it. This has been the 405... Or yeah. Well, if you're listening on the405media.com, this has been the405media.com. I was throwing back to my, to my podcast days there. We're going to go out today with uh, what... I started out with as my theme song when I started podcasting. So it's my throwback Thursday song for all of you tuning in. This is Thrive. And then we will go to Dr. David Tice with Living in Liberty. Be sure to join us again tomorrow. We're going to give away something tomorrow. I just don't know what it is yet because... Oh, wait. No, I do know what it is. Tomorrow we're going to give away $10 off to the High Roller. And we're going to give away a buy one, get one uh, dozen donuts at Crispy cream so i didn't get a chance to give those away today so we'll give those away tomorrow be here tomorrow 7 a.m the frittle show will return thanks to those of you who tuned in and we'll see you tomorrow have a great day jesus loves you do you love him it's a good question see if you can answer it this is thrive from casting crown see you tomorrow